Hey, my name is Parker Middleton, and welcome to Starting to See, a podcast where we open up and explore our beliefs, experiences, and influences. This show is about delving deeper and fostering curiosity, all while in the safety of like-minded seekers. Here, we're unafraid to ask why, and we don't shame those who do. Through both solo episodes and conscious conversations with insightful guests, I'm inviting you and myself to start to see that there is still so much to learn. Together, we'll embark on an exploration of our individual and collective histories, feeling along the edges of what we've been told, what we know, and where they intertwine. Um, Awesome. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, For those who do not know Amanda, Amanda Barnett is the founder of Barney and Flow, where she offers a holistic East meets West approach to her readings and support through different avenues such as astrology, human design, feng shui, deconditioning through frequency, and more. So yeah, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you being here. Um, so for those of you who already know Amanda, you've probably listened to her recent podcast on Rachel and Bree's The Untamed Soul podcast. So if you've listened to that one, this is more of a back to basics uh, type of conversation because you and Rachel went pretty deep uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm yeah. so glad you enjoyed that one. It was a really fun conversation with her. Awesome. So how about you just tell me a little bit about your background and and how you got into this space? Yeah, I um I think as a child, I was pretty like I was pretty chameleon like. Like I kind of like I mean, I have a lot of I have an open crown and an open ajna and like my dad has a defined ajna and you know, you're around a lot of people and I feel like I was just kind of I had a lot of conditioning. I wasn't really sure who I was outside of like everything I was around, you know? Um, and so I was very like academically minded. I was not really in my woo self or my creative self early, early in life. I was very like, got to get straight A's. I graduated early a year from high school. I was just like, I was really a go-getter with all of that. And I was really in the mindset, whether, you know, I said this on Ray's podcast that like, I grew up in a family that was kind of like be a doctor or a lawyer. I don't know that it was really that they said that it was just kind of like implied that that's what you did. You know, you just, you be like find, and it wasn't even really like be a doctor or a lawyer, but it was like, have a stable career, like Mm -hmm. go, go to college, study the thing, get the job, get the house and the picket fence and get married. And like, that's kind of like, I grew up in that energy and there weren't really any role models for me breaking those molds or doing things different, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I very much was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to like do the thing. I'm going to like be the academic person. And, um, I went all through college doing that and like took my LSATs and applied to law schools and then called my parents and was like, I don't even know why I want to do, like, I don't even remember why I set off on this path. I don't, it doesn't feel right anymore. I don't know. And they were like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, my friend invited me to go work in football. And like, I think it's honestly that opportunity that gave me the guts to be like, this isn't the thing, but look, I have this thing. So I'm not just going to flounder. I can go do this, you know? Yeah. And so I went and worked in football for really only a year um, between working at NFL films and working for the saints. And, um, And then I was like sitting in a cubicle next to a guy when I like wasn't in the stadium and his sister lived in Los Angeles and worked in film. And I was like, oh, 
like, I never even thought that was possible for myself to even Mm -hmm. think about that. But then I started having conversations with her and she was like, you know, if you want to like come out and check it out, like that's kind of like a thing in LA. Like you let people stay on your couch while they're like getting on their feet. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm going to move to Los Angeles and work in film. And my parents were like, what? Uh You know, I grew up in Texas in a pretty like conservative, you know, um, space so they I mean they were always supportive of me like leaping but they were also a little bit like what are you doing um and then I got to LA and everybody was like man it's gonna take you forever to find a job like you just have to like pound the pavement every day you have to like submit to all the things you have to like do that and I the second day I was there I got a job working like PAing for no money on mm-hmm. a short film in Skid Row which is like was a if anyone knows Los Angeles Skid Row is like a harsh introduction to Los Angeles. Um, And the guy that worked there or that was directing that film knew someone at 20th Century Fox that was looking for a coordinator. And he was like, do you want to go in and interview? And I was like, okay. And I got that job. So within like two weeks of being in Los Angeles, I had a job at 20th Century Fox, which was pretty insane. Um, And so I worked in film for 14 years and um, I had a blast. I just never really saw... LA is my long-term home. And I think it wasn't happening fast enough for me to be able to like not be in LA, but still be able to do that kind of work. I was feeling kind of stuck. Um, and I was always studying wellness. Like even in college, I was studying nutrition. I was kind of like obsessed with all the things and like moving to California was like, it just opened up a whole new world. Like all the energy medicine, all like, you know, once you start pulling a thread, it just like Uh doubles down and you're like, Ooh, I want to try this. And I want to try this. I want to go to this breath work and I'm going to eat this food and I'm going to try this supplement. And it just like, it really like, it offered me like I'm super, it's funny, I'm in Los Angeles right now, staying with my friend. Um, and I, and I don't think I would ever live here again, but like my time here really offered me like the possibility of stepping into my truth, you know, mm, like yeah. I was like, it was just the right age in my twenties at just the right time for me to be like, wait, who am I outside of what everybody's telling me I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Um, and I was always kind of like taking meditation class. Well, as I won't go into that because I talked about it in Ray's podcast, but like wow. I had a nervous breakdown essentially in my 20s. And that led me to a lot of the tools that I have. And I have like, it's in my chart that like, I just kind of have like discomfort is something that I need to make friends with, whether it's physical discomfort or emotional discomfort or mental discomfort. And so that's led me to acquire quite a lot of tools in my toolbox, which I'm incredibly grateful for. And then when I moved to Portland, I would, I just kind of shifted things like film moved to the back burner and like all the wellness stuff moved to the front burner. And I still did some film work on the side, but I was really focused on like teaching meditation and I got certified in yoga and I um, did a breath work training and I was just kind of like trying to shift things around because really I'm a two line and two lines are like supposed to do what they're, what they're good at, what they're drawn to, what they would like do regardless of if they had to, you know, like if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would still work. I'm a sacral being like work really lights me up and, but work that I love. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, I just, I just kept pulling and pulling and pulling threads until I finally found human design, which felt like, felt like a container because everybody was like niche down, niche down, niche down. Like all the marketing people are like, you need to have like your firm niche. You need to be like doing the thing that's like so clear and it's like so honed in. And I was the person that was like, no, I want to be like, this ties into this and this ties into this. And I want to keep pulling threads and I want to look at it holistically. And I want to support people's body, but also their mind and their spirit. And so when I found human design, it was like, it gave me a filter for all of that. It was like, oh, now I can look at someone's like unique blueprint and I can use all of my tools from my toolbox to like support what they uniquely need rather than like having it be this like homogenized one size fits all, which is what society likes to tell us. You know, it's like, no, eat raw vegan. No, the carnivore diet is the best. No, this is the thing. And it like constantly rotates, you know, like your head is spinning. It's like, this is great to eat. This is terrible to eat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so finding something that was like unique to each person felt really, and I think it was cause too, like I tried all the things, like I've tried all the protocols I've tried, you know, like I've done all the things. Um, to work to feel the best that I can on my body and uh, realizing that like, oh, just because this is like the answer for someone and you read like 14 testimonials of this thing that changed their life doesn't mean it's going to change mine. Like it might be something different that changes mine. Um, Right. That's a long-winded answer, but. No, I love it. That's actually one of the ways I found you is is through human design. um, Similar to Rachel, I found you on on your website. I was, uh, as a true one, three, like investigator, found you uh, looking up stuff online about human design because it was totally new to me. And I met you, uh, so February of 2022 was the first time we met. Uh, I scheduled a reading with you. It was for my birthday. Good um, memory. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I really connected with your story and the way that you that you share your support and guidance. And especially even now, like hearing this side, I'm thinking, gosh, there's so many aspects I feel like we're similar in that, you know, similar upbringing. I'm also from the South. Uh, I had that type of societal, familial influence to take certain life paths that I got to college and was like, actually, why am I studying medicine? Like, I'm actually, I, I don't want to do that, you know? And so, yeah. And so now I'm pre-Saturn return. So I'm 27, uh, 27 and a half. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I'm getting, I'm getting closer and inching closer and, and I'm starting to realize more like there are th- things I want to start moving into that less corporate space eventually, you know, and really want to be connected to, I don't know, the physical, the spiritual, the more woo-woo um, because I'm realizing it's like paying the bills what I'm doing, but it's not feeding me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is also kind of another reason for the podcast so that I can start feeding myself in other ways. Um, and so, yeah, so let's talk about human design. I um, I know on Rachel's podcast, you mentioned how, or maybe it was she mentioned how it gives you permission, it seems like, and in a different way than astrology, it is so specific for you uh, in different ways. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk about your introduction to astrology and human design and how those are similar but different uh, because i know many of the people who listen to this may not have heard of human design so uh could you explain the difference yeah yeah it's funny because um astrology was like not my jam prior to learning about human design i mean i knew that i was a scorpio 
I think I said on Ray's podcast that I had my rising and my moon backwards for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew a little bit, you know, I read the like, every time you start dating someone and you like look up your charts together and see if it like makes sense, which funnily enough, like my parents are a Scorpio and a Gemini, which normally would, if you read anything about that, it's like, no, um, but they've been married for 44 years. So um, that's a testament to like the like intricacies of every chart and it not just being about your sun sign. Um, but yeah, I kind of studied astrology through the back door of human design. So human design is really a synthesis in like the truest form of the word, because it really does combine like all of the kind of foundational systems and genetic principles, and it incorporates astrology within it and also the I Ching and genetic coding and biomechanics and the Kabbalah tree of life and the chakra system. Like it really like is like a true synthesis. Um, and you know, we, we often talk about these things as like, this is a tool that I use. This is a tool. It is a tool, but it's also really like a transformation of consciousness. It's like a remembering, you know, um, most of us suffer because, well, really all of us suffer because we're somehow resisting our truth, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not a belief system. Like it doesn't require you to believe anything. It's like most appropriately referred to typically as like an experiment, a map that we can choose or not to follow that like aligns us with our kind of truest, most authentic nature of our being. Um, It's really like most literally your genetic coding. And, you know, many of us are like in ego consciousness and there's nothing wrong with our ego. Like I'm not an ego shamer, but um, we're trying so hard to kind of fit ourselves into these homogenized boxes or like society's ideas of success or like will or force our lives the way that we want them to go, you know, and human design is really a being it's a receiving it's an allowing yourself to come into resonance with your soul, you know, Mm -hmm. according to human design, like we're passengers in our bodies. We're literally souls having a human experience. And we, when we can like learn how to operate that, properly we step into greater ease and resonance and we're like radiating a frequency rather than like sponging up and absorbing everything around us um it's like how can you be the youest you like the Mm -hmm. youest version of you like the most sovereign you the most authentic you um from a place of like great acceptance and love and i think you know i think about it a lot like I think that when we come into this life and we choose as souls to have a human experience, we like put on a cloak of forgetting, you know, kind yeah. of like Harry Potter. We like put our veil over and we like forget that we are souls that are limitless, that we can change things in an instant. You know, we have that power. We just don't remember it and we get in our way with like limiting beliefs and conditioning is how we refer to it in human design, which is basically like, all the stuff you take on from society and from your family and from your friends and from yourself, like your own limiting beliefs that you cultivate through like those experiences and then run on default that then influence you in a certain way. So it's really a lot about taking all of that stuff off and just like, how do you get to your truth? And we all have like a unique way that our energy operates and a unique way that we make decisions in the world and a unique way that we 
um, align with environment and we all have unique gifts and we also all carry all of the archetypes, but we just have like more consistency with, with, um, the ones that we have in our chart and the way yeah. right. I love that. I feel like that was so well said. There were so many things that I, I want to come back to. So one of your, the points you made was it, it's like a remembering of who you mm -hmm. really are. And I feel like that's so true for me because it's kind of like, it's not a, a belief system. Like you said, it's like, believe it or not, whatever. Um, but when you look at your chart, you're like, shit, that's me, you know, yeah. like, that is me. Like, and uh, like even something like for me, I, I have a, a cold food, I think it's called determination. Um, and that was actually a point of shame for me uh, growing up and in and, and dating. Like uh, I had no problem taking a slice of pizza out of the fridge and eating it. And it was great. Or like, I don't really like super, temperature hot food I wanted to like cool down and um I guess like through my upbringing I felt like that was like something to be ashamed of like it's like lazy or gross to like eat something you know not warm it up uh how dare you like something silly you know so um I feel like there was some beautiful aspects when I got my reading from you that it was like yes this is a remembering um or like uh even like like you said I'm not you're being a sickle being I'm a sickle being being a manjin I'm not afraid of working either um, and I do enjoy some, it sometimes, like if it's aligned, mm -hmm. uh, for example, now I'm, I'm really enjoying, uh, like gardening and learning how to like, uh, ferment foods and make kombucha and can things actually. So after this call, I'm going to try to do my first hand at, uh, at canning foods. So we'll see how that goes. That's yeah. amazing. I yeah. love that, man. I'm an epic failure at kombucha. I tried it. I got like a mother twice and I was still like, I don't know, is it supposed to have these spots or is it yeah. supposed to look like that? And I would get so nervous. <laughs> um, I feel like I killed a couple of mothers in kombucha. I felt oh, really guilty about it. But. God, one of the things with fermentation is you just gotta you just gotta go for it and not be afraid. And and also I try to remember that I feel like there's some stat out there that's like most bacteria are actually good bacteria. There's actually yeah. a smaller subset of of harmful bacteria. Um so anyway, I, uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was, um, my life theme that you brought up being, it is the riding gold cross of the sleeping Phoenix. Mm. And yeah. And so like my life is, is gonna feel like I'm, I'm coming up, like I'm, I'm getting out of this funk and kind of on a path of ascension. And that is so encouraging for me, uh, to hear, cause that's how I feel. And I, kind of on a sidebar, I recently interacted with a psychic, uh, came across her path and she was like, does a Phoenix have any like, mm, like significance to you? And Bryce is sitting next to me. He's like, what? And I was like, yes. I was like, Amanda <laughs> told me about the Phoenix. It's like my life theme girl. And she, and she brought out, she was like, I actually, she's like, don't freak out. And she goes to her closet and she pulls out uh, a painting. She's like, I painted this. And I think it was about you and it was a phoenix coming out of a woman's hand. And she was like, yeah, that's you. So now I feel like I need to burn it because it's kind of complete. I painted it. I met you. And now it's it needs to be like set free. I was like, so I, wow, <laughs> it was amazing. That's yeah, amazing. I'll talk more about that on another episode because um, there's some things that are kind of pending that I'm waiting to see like if they come true. But uh, anyway, uh, but I love also, I guess, segue into that what i love about your readings is you really harp on uh the issue of agency and that so many types of readers or people in the spiritual community make you feel kind of like a victim to the cosmic weather so do you mind telling me a little bit like 
base layer, human design, energy type, strategy, authority, kind of intro sure. to that. Yeah, the like kind of, like you said, the basic 101 human design, mm-hmm. which also it's like, sometimes we don't want to like get into basics. We want to like find all the fun things. But yeah. like the reality is if we follow these basic things in human design, all of the other things will work themselves out. You know, it's so much fun to be like, you have this gift and that gift and like this is happening and this is going on in your life. But the reality is like, and I'm always going to want to know those things because I'd like to know all the things. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, if we follow these basics, type, strategy, and authority and honor them, we will naturally align with all of our gifts and all of our, and like our purpose. And, you know, I say that word like that because I'm just like, I feel like it's got a cringe associated yes. with it now, uh-huh. but um, who we're here to be, like who our soul is here to be. So there are five energy types in human design. Um, there are generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. And it used to just be four types. And I think there should be six. But it's just All me. right. Well, I mean, manifesting generators are an offshoot of manifestors and generators. And I really feel like there should be an offshoot of projectors and generators. But because there's so many. Well, let me back up. So generators and manifesting generators both have defined sacrals. That's what makes them a generator. If you don't have a defined sacral center in your chart, then you're not a generator or manifesting generator. And if you do, then you're absolutely a generator or manifesting generator. And then if you have a motor center connected to your throat, that's what makes you a manifesting generator. So I don't have any motors connected to my throat. Um, And it's a little bit tricky because you think, oh, well, I have a motor connected to my throat, so I can initiate the way a manifester can initiate. Because this is the whole thing. Like, We all go through our lives thinking we can live like manifestors, but only a very small percent of the population is actually a manifestor. These are the people that can just initiate things from their mind. They have an idea and they just do it. Whereas generators and manifesting generators, we have the sacral center that wants us to respond to life. So it's not like we don't have ideas, but we have, we, we want to have them as a response to something in our life rather than just conjuring it and then moving forward. And we also have to act from that response. We can't act from the initiation. And then projectors are, um, they're like the guides of the world. And I say that loosely because we all are guides. Like I constantly get people who are like, oh man, I was like so bummed to find out I was a generator because I thought I was special. And like 70% of the population are generators or manifesting generators. But we're like the juicy people. We're like the magnetic people. You should be stoked to be a generator Mm -hmm. if you are, you know, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't be stoked to be a projector for different reasons, but you can be a guide as a generator and you can, you know, do other things as a projector. You have a natural ability to guide people because as a projector, your aura dips into other people's auras. So like our aura is magnetic. Their aura is literally dipping dipping into other people's auras. It's kind of invasive, you know, which is why um, they're meant to not really give advice unless they're invited to, because when they're not invited to people are like, whoa, whoa, why are you telling me what to do? And then it's rejection, you know? Um, and then reflectors, 
are like the unicorns of the world. Like there's like 1% reflectors. And there's also like 1%. So the opposite of that is someone who has all nine centers defined, which I have seen and is crazy. (laughs) It's very rare also. Um, But reflectors are like really products of their environment. Like if their environment is not good, they're not doing good. Like they're really a reflection of that, but they're also mirrors. So they're like reflecting things back. So even though they have every center open and they're vulnerable because of that, because we're more vulnerable in the places that we have openness, they, um, they have this reflective quality, which is why funny side note, most people are sleeping reflectors. They like reflect the energy off of them when they sleep, even though we still all need to sleep alone sometimes because mm-hmm. we're still picking up the energy of the people that we're around when we're sleeping. And it's really an opportunity for us to like completely dump out our energy. I am a rare sleeping projector. So when I'm laying down, my energy is actually dipping into my partner's energy. And depending wow. on what their energy is, Like my last partner, it was like taking three shots of espresso. Like I would be completely asleep and he would come and lay down and I'd be like, fuck, why am I so angry? You have to go into the other room. I can't Uh like sleep like this, you know? Um, So, so yeah, those are the five energy types. Like based on your type, there's like different, you know, um, strategies. So like I said, sacral beings respond to life. And I've kind of reframed these a little bit, like, the strategy for um, generators and manifesting generators, according to Ra, who is the founder of human design, is to wait to respond. But I think we're responding all that we're responding. I'm responding right now. I'm responding to the temperature in the room. I'm responding to my thirst. I'm responding to you. I'm responding to, you know, like, it's just like, we're always responding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's better to just think about it that way. Cause when you tell people they have to wait, they're like, Ugh. <clears throat> but there is like a waiting in the sense of like not initiating until you're responding, not like, and I think the best way to break that down is like, when I sit down and I'm like, I should do this to make money or I should do this kind of offering. Or like during the pandemic, I kept hearing this voice, like you should be leading breath work. Like you lead breath work and people need breath work. But the fact that that little voice was saying I should be doing it meant I was not responding to something that, I mean, I'm responding, but I'm responding in a no based on my authority. It doesn't feel like something that's exciting to me or lighting me up. I'm like shooting on myself. And when I'm yeah. shooting on myself, I'm in the wrong space. You know, projectors, their strategy is to wait for the invitation. Again, that sounds terrible. And people are like, oh, why do I have to wait? I think it, it as you're preparing for the invitation. And it's really about like the big invitations in your life, like getting married, you know, moving to a new city, starting a new job, like Otherwise, your micro strategy, like everybody's micro strategy, is to respond to life and what lights you up and what gets you excited and like feel into your authority, which for most people is in their body. Um, Not for everybody, but for most people, they have an inner authority and we all have intuition. And that's what we want to be tapped into is like, what is my body saying about this thing? Does this feel like a yes or a no? Or does this feel like, um, or am I like trying to process it in my mind? Mm-hmm. And I have a great podcast on my podcast called like something like the time that I bought a Jeep or yeah. uh, it's like, you know, I like know I love that. talking about when I've messed up because, and it's not messed up. I made the choice, whatever the choice is the choice, but I totally negated my authority in that situation. I have an emotional authority. I was asked if I wanted this Jeep, my emotional authority went and my sacral went, Meh. 
And then my mind went, but why not? It's a great deal. It's newer than your car. It's blah, da, da, blah, da, blah, da, blah. You've always wanted a Jeep. It's black. You love, you know, my mind started doing the whole pros and cons list until I talked myself into it. Yeah. And then it was like a like series of comedic moments where the universe was like, we done told you not to get the Jeep. <laughs> Yeah. Like overrode your authority and made the decision with your mind. That's when I know that I'm off course. Um, so for projectors, I view it as like they're preparing for an invitation. When they don't know what to do next, they're like diving down rabbit holes and they're also following what lights them up and what gets them excited. And they're kind of like, you know, if they're looking for a love partner, then they're taking themselves on dates and they're like exploring um, hobbies and things that really excite them and things that make them feel passionate. And they're putting peonies on their nightstand and they're like buying themselves nice clothes, whatever it is that like is preparing you mm -hmm. for what you want to step into. Um, and then manifestors uh, get to to initiate. So they get to kind of just like follow through on what feels right to them. Mm -hmm. um, reflectors uh, have to wait for a lunar cycle. <laughs> so <laughs> of everyone, they're like, uh, I'm going to just get back to you in 28 days on that big decision until I've like gathered up some information, you know, yeah. um, they're really, really tied to the moon and they mm -hmm. can even do like lunar charts of their human design to see like what gates the moon is moving through and what signs the moon is moving through to really support them to like align with that energy. Um, and you know, because like the moon is all about our needs. So even I watch the moon, especially if the moon is like your time Lord for the year, um, things like, Oh, the moon's in cancer today. Maybe I want to like tend to my home or do something that lights me up or brings me joy or the moon's in Virgo today. Maybe I want to, um, organize my closet that I've been thinking about doing or like put in some new structures into my business that feel really supportive. So we can all do that, but it's especially true for reflectors because um, mm -hmm. they can really get into that, to that vibe. And then we all, like I said, also have an authority and that's like how we make our decisions. So some yeah. of us have a sacral authority and that answers in the now. And some of us have a splenic authority and it's giving us little quiet, intuitive hits. Some of us have an emotional authority like me, where we have to like sleep on it and wait for the 24 hour cycle at least to like know if we want to commit to something. Um, because when we're making decisions along our emotional wave, if we're like at the valley or the peak, we might make a decision that like we don't actually want to do Yeah. three days later, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. I, so that was uh, a lot. No, it's perfect. I, uh, uh, one of the things you mentioned that I really like, so probably the majority of people who listen to this podcast will be a man gen or a generator. Um, and so one of the things you mentioned on your Instagram recently was that how do, what does it feel like for people who don't know what, what it feels like in their body to respond? One way that you could use is the muscle testing of like leaning forward or falling back, depending on like, you know, what is my body really wanting, um, and getting out of your mind. So I loved that. Um, and then you mentioned your podcast too, uh, the funny episode about the Jeep. Uh, one of my favorite podcast episodes you have is Remembering Your Limitlessness. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was back in February or so. It was amazing. I was listening to it um, going home after like a hard day. And, and I think it's only like it's like 11 minutes or something. It's, it's very short, but it was so impactful. So I'll also link that in the show notes because it's one of my favorite ones where like if you're having a bad day, just like listen to that and be like, Fuck, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. You know, don't give up. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, oh, it's really so special. Much. Yeah. 
Um, one thing I want to go back to is uh, the potential sixth option or six energy type. So something I've heard recently on the Tim Ferriss podcast that I really love is the topic of heresies, where he gets people um, of a similar background in a room together, and they talk about things that, that they would, in their, I guess, department, consider a heresy, but they personally hold as truth. Um, and so funny thing, so I'd love to kind of kind of dig into that heresy that maybe you have of if you were to walk into a room with other people who really intimately know human design, how would you go about explaining that, you know, I think Ra forgot maybe there's a sixth. Six yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just feel like, look, if we're going to offshoot a manifestor and a generator, because here's the thing, and here's why I say that. I totally get the idea that we we created or or that there was created a fifth energy type of manifesting generator. And I understand why. And it is really powerful to have a motor connected to your throat. And But even I, so I'm a generator, but I have gate 34, which is a very manifesting generator gate. It's like the one that like, if you have that one connected to your throat, you are a pure manifesting generator. Um, but you still are not meant to initiate. You just have like things move faster for you. Um, your intuition comes in faster. You typically speak faster. You're like, uh, you're, you know, moving through the world faster. Like sometimes you'll be like, this is a yes. And then by the time you get to it that night, you're like, this is a no, or like you pick things up and you put them down. There's a big difference between like the fact that you as a manifesting generator have more agency, agency and, and ease to like stop and start things. Whereas if I commit my energy to something, I like am committed, you know, and like sometimes um, generators will commit to something and then it becomes like rote. You're just like doing it and you don't even remember kind of like the law school thing. You don't even remember why you're doing it. I definitely didn't make the law school choice from my emotional authority. I made the law school choice from my mind. And then it took me a long time to unpack that, you know, and to like get myself off that course. Whereas a manifesting generator can like move quicker in that space. I'm more of like the long-term mastery and you're more of like um, moving faster and being able to like try things out and be like, this isn't for me. Um, generators really like when they're going to commit to their energy to something, they really need to make sure they're doing it from their strategy and their authority because they can be in it for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of man gens, and I just want to side note this, get diagnosed with ADD or ADHD because as kids, especially they're like, I'm going to try this. No, I don't want to do this. I'm going to try flute. No, I don't like flute. No, I'm going to try this. And that's perfectly normal for their energy, you know? And I had someone the other day, I've had so many adults recently and I'm not, I don't want to, this is like, I'm getting on a sidetrack, but I don't want to get into like a pharma conversation, but there's so many adults being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD and we're being programmed by our phones to have like much less attention span. Like I, for, I walk into the kitchen all the time and forget why I walked in there. Yeah. You know, I pick up my phone and I'm like going to look at something and then I put it back down. And then I realize I just spent 10 minutes on my phone doing other shit, which was not the thing that I was going to do when I picked it up. Then I pick, sometimes I do that three times before yeah. I actually do the thing. Like that's the nature of like what social media and the society that we live in is doing to our minds. That's a, a like clear indication that we all need to pull back. We need to take time off. We need to be in nature. We need to slow down all of those things. So I just want to say that on a side note, but getting back to the other energy type. So there are a lot of generators who hear things like you're, you're the worker bee of the society. You're supposed to like work 
um, you're like the little, you know, the, the busy worker bee who like has to work all the time and you have the energy to work 14 hour days, but projectors should only work four hour days. And generators are like, what the fuck? I don't want to work a 14 hour Uh day. I mean, I like to work, but geez, you know, um, and that's because a load of the channels in human design, the like bulk of them are projected channels and projected gates. So many of us, even if we're a sacral being, have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of projected energy in our chart. Or yes, we have a defined sacral, but we don't have, like I don't have a defined root. And root is also like a big energy center, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. It also drains your energy a lot when you're like succumbing to the pressure of like always needing to do more and get things done and get out from under the thing. And I'm just going to take this. No, I'm just going to sit here and not pee and stay thirsty for another hour while I finish this one thing on my to-do list, because then I'm going to feel like I completed something. That's an open route. My dad is a projector and he has a defined route and he has more energy than I do. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, my mom is a projector who has no motors defined and she can like sit on the couch all day and watch Hallmark movies and read books and be perfectly content. You know, it's very different depending on like the centers that you have defined and the gates that you have and the channels that you have. So I personally feel like there could be a little offshoot prorator or generator or (laughs) (laughs) a projected generator or a generated projector or something like that. Um, Because I think, I think people, well, I mean, and it's also like, don't poo-poo astrology if all you're looking at is your sun sign and being like, that doesn't feel like me. It's kind of like that. Like there are only five energy types and there are 12 zodiacs. So if you're looking at your energy type and you're like, that doesn't make sense. Well, one, you could be dealing with a lot of conditioning and two, you could have a lot of stuff going on in your chart that makes you feel different than the way that that energy type is showing you to present, you know? So I just think it's more, it's interesting. Like when I first started doing readings, I was doing all introductory readings. And then at some point I really stopped talking about energy types and it's not because I don't think they're amazing and I don't think they're important, but I created workshops for them (laughs) that are free that you get when you join my newsletter, because I think it's so important and I want everyone to have it. And I want to talk about other things too. You know, I want to go deeper than just like this one compartment. Yeah. Um, There was one thing you mentioned, uh, especially for like the manifesting generators and the generators about uh, getting out of the mind and going into the body. And I want to kind of pivot a little bit into that space. Um, You had mentioned, uh, I guess also too, with like with reflectors that they're really connected to the moon. And so pulling all those thoughts together, I want to go into Healy because it's super fascinating for me. And let me back up a little bit. So Amanda also does a lot of work surrounding the fascia and you had mentioned uh, uh, deconditioning in that space because the fascia in the body holds you up and it's like crystalline water and thinking about the moon and thinking about our body and how the moon affects the, the oceans and the tides. And if most of our body is water, we have connections to the, it's just, we're more than just the mind, even though the society has conditioned us to think that we're just basically walking brains. And I'd love for you to talk about frequency, resonance, the Healy, and how that's kind of changed your offering and, and what you're working, how you're working with that, that device. Yeah. I mean, at the heart of my work 
is like, how do we decondition the stuff that we need to decondition and let go of? And like, that includes like our traumas, big and small, our limiting beliefs, our trapped emotions, our default settings, our like, um, the, the like grooves that we've greased that don't actually serve us, you know, the like neural pathways that are like running pretty strongly. Um, and, and like vibrationally align with our truth, you know, with our soul, with our, like, so that we are, like I said at the beginning, so that we're like radiating a frequency rather than absorbing, we're like broadcasting what we want to be broadcasting one, because most of us are broadcasting energy that we don't actually want to be broadcasting and therefore like attracting back that energy. So how are we intentional about what we're broadcasting, but also like strong in our broadcasting. So when we know our human design and we understand our astrology and we know ourselves, we're more full of ourselves and we're less susceptible to energies outside of ourselves to sponging onto us or to like taking us in directions that aren't our truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big thing in my business is sovereignty and agency. Like that's probably like you touched on that earlier. And it's one of the biggest things that I believe in. Um, and that's coming from someone who has a tough chart guys. I do have a tough chart. Um, and that's okay. Like I'm here, this is not a cruising lifetime for me. This is a learning lifetime for me and I'm here for it, you know? Um, but I also think that I totally have agency in that. Like I can look at that and be like, okay, how does this energy want to show up and how can I like uniquely serve it? And where does the archetypes want to go? And like, um, how can I honor the process and also like exercise my agency and like create change and like up level so that like, I'm supporting my ancestral line too, and my fractal line and all of that stuff, you know? Um, and you know, you talked about the moon and the water. We're also like, so Ra talked about neutrinos before physicists discovered neutrinos. And it's this idea that we're literally bathing in the breath of stars and planets, which is so beautiful. Like the, the, the neutrino field is like passing through Mars and passing through the sun and passing through the moon. And then it's passing through everything on the earth and it's passing through us. And we're just like constantly permeated by like a vast information field um, or what like ancient Eastern philosophers have described as like prana or chi. Um, so we're all bathing in this frequency. Like everything is energy. I like this bed in front of me that I've got my computer sitting on is energy. Um, And they're discovering so much about quantum that really the East has known for a very long time. You know, I talked to my best friend about this a lot because she's um, been a practicing Tibetan Buddhist for a long time. And we'll talk about quantum physics. And she's like, yeah, but we've, they've known, they've known this stuff. (laughs) It's just science is like starting to prove it. Just like Ross spoke about neutrinos and now quantum physicists are like, oh yeah, neutrinos are a thing. Like we're all Mm -hmm. bathing in this like breath of the cosmos, you know? Right. Um. And the idea that we spend so much of our lives trying to force and will and make things happen and like take actions. And I'm not saying that action is not something that we need to take. We absolutely have to take action. That's how we anchor the energy. Um, But we're 99.9 to the 13th degree energy. And we're like so focused on matter, you know? Um, And even like, you know, years and years ago, decades ago, they were using frequency. It just got kind of shut down because. Yes. 
because because things that happen in the world. Um, But it's circling back and I'm really glad that it is. And there have been like big frequency devices that work on energy that you've had to like go into a practitioner's office, you know, to utilize. Um, And now Marcus Schmieke created the Healy, which, you know, it's funny because when I first started talking about it, I was like, really uncomfortable because I was like, I don't really like, I've never been someone who like um, affiliated much with products. Mm -hmm. Although I love sharing everything that works for me. So like my new, you know, you get my newsletters, like weekly list every week is like, this is amazing. I love this cookbook. Like this is great. Um, You know, so I've always loved sharing those things, but like affiliating with them, I felt a little dirty and I had to like really unpack my own beliefs around that as well. Like, um, the reality is we're all selling all the time. Like I'm selling my services. I'm selling, you know, um, and like, I would rather like support businesses that I trust than like big ass conglomerates that don't Mm -hmm. care about us, you know? So it was really exciting when I found it. And when I first found it, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to use this for myself. And like, I'll like work with it with clients. And then after three days, I was like, oh, no, I want like everybody to have one of these, which is when I decided I would affiliate with it because I was like, this is like next level. It's literally like connecting to source, connecting mm-hmm. to the Akashic, connecting to um, the quantum field, whatever you want to call it, the stream of consciousness. Like we're working on the energetic level and we are energetic beings. When you go to acupuncture and they stick a needle in your acupressure point, it's sending an electrical signal through your body, through the waters of your body and the fascia of your body to harmonize your liver or like whatever that point is. Or Mm -hmm. when you get an EKG, it's measuring the electricity in your body. Like we are electrical and we've spent a lot of many years focusing on the chemical aspects of things when the electrical aspect of things is really the root which is also so aligned with my business because human design feels like I'm getting to the core of something and frequency feels like I'm getting to the core of something. I'm not just treating symptoms. I'm Mm -hmm. not just like trying to unpack like the kind of like superficial things. I'm like digging into the root of where this issue is on all levels, on a physical level with disharmony in my body, on a mental level, when I'm like out of balance mentally, on an emotional level, when I'm feeling like too full and overwhelmed and like driven by emotions that aren't serving my highest good and highest light. Um, And on a spiritual level, like there's programs that like connect you to that energy of source. There's a program called being, you literally sit down with the intention of like being the future archetype of yourself that you see yourself wanting to step into, you know, that's really beautiful. And, um, and like anything, the more that it's not taking over your agency, it's an ally that you get to use as a tool with intention. So I used to do Reiki a lot when I Mm -hmm. first started diving into like the woo toolbox. Reiki was one of the first things I got certified in and I did appointments with people in person, but I also did long distance appointments. And when you're doing long distance appointments, even when you're doing in-person appointments, you're working with intention, but especially when you're doing long distance appointments, Mm -hmm. distance appointments, you're like really working with the intention of connecting to that person. Um, And it's really powerful. Like I was actually doing Reiki on my grandmother as she transitioned thousands of miles away. I felt her go, you Mm -hmm. know, that's the power of like 
the, the field, the information field yeah. that we're like playing in, the ways that we collapse space and time, the ways that we can connect to things that we don't even, I mean, you know, you can like play a violin string and like across the room, the string will vibrate on the other violin on the other side of the room. That's resonance, you know? So we get to work in that space. Um, and the more intentional we are with it, the more, like, I don't just put a program on and put it on and turn it off. I mean, and like check out, I put a program on and I sit there and I have the intention of like, I'm going to be in total coherence with my mind and my heart. And I'm going to like, this is going to help me align with my truth, or this is going to help me release these limiting beliefs. There's a great program called Elise Release, which is probably the reason that I bought it. Cause I heard someone speak about that program. And I was like, I mean, I feel full. I want a release program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I run that program, especially like I just ran it back to back to back to back leading up to the new moon. Cause I was like, let's just let everything go that I want to let go of. So I can step into that Leo new moon with like ease, you know, mm-hmm. and with more authentic alignment. So I yeah. love that. I, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I saw, I was at a farmer's market this morning and I saw a girl. It's the first time I'd ever seen a Healy in person. I want one so bad. And so I saw this girl walking up, leaving, and she had one for people who don't know, there's two sizes, one that you can clip on yourself and the one that's bigger that you can maybe uh, have you could put it on your water. You could put it like in your room. You could even put it like in a fanny pack and put it on you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw her with it. I was like, Oh my God, I wanted to like stop her and be like, do you just love it? Or like, how is it? Um, but it didn't want to freak her out. So I just kept going and passed her by. But um, yeah, that's so amazing. I, uh, I'm excited to get one whenever I, I get one. And I'll definitely let you know, Amanda, when, uh, when I would like to get one. Um, and yeah, I think it's an exciting space for sure. I do too. I think, I mean, the hope is that everybody will have one in their home and then, yeah. you know, like how with everything that's been going on in the world, there's no better time for us to have as much agency as we can in our health journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that like I'm traveling next week, um, the fact that I can put on a defense program to support my immune system, the fact that I can put on a care program to support me after I've been flying, the fact that I can put on a protection program for the electromagnetic sensitivity I'm going to experience on the plane, that I can like put on a liver meridian to help my liver detox after I've been traveling. I mean, it's just like, and to be to be like totally honest, I'm not the best traveler. I get super claustrophobic on planes. The minute they shut the door, I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I can't get off. I can't take a walk. I can't get fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that I can support my anxiety and like that kind of feeling of like, I don't want to, you know, has changed my life as someone who has, like I said, dealt with a lot of discomfort. It's like my whoopee. You know, yeah, yeah. and it makes traveling a lot easier because I have to take a lot less stuff with me because I'm like, oh, I can run this program or I can run that program and yeah. I don't have to have so many just in case things, you know, which is really supportive too. So yeah, I'm hoping that we get to a place where like frequency is the norm, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's so amazing. I, um, I see we're getting close to time and I want to respect your time. I definitely want to connect with you again. Uh, I'll book a session, a private session, because I just, I love our conversations and I want to know more. Um, but I want, for for those who are interested, let us know how we can find you and connect with you. Well, after much 
like whining about it. I'm back on social media. <laughs> like I went off for a year and I was like, I'm never coming back. Um, but I am back and I'm cultivating a healthier relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can find me at Barney and Flow. And um, my website is barneyandflow.com. I have like a membership for kind of unpacking all of your stuff DIY and we also do like journeys inside. So we've been doing like the summer of prosperity journey, which has been really fun, which was like 40 days of emails of unpacking prosperity in your chart that now lives inside the collective for someone to take um, at their own pace. Uh, So I do a lot of things like that and um, private sessions. I have my own podcast. It's Barney and flow. I'm like less consistent with it which I talked about recently. My generator self is just like, I feel like recording a podcast today and that's when I do it. So um, uh, it's somewhat sporadic sometimes, but but it is there. I think during the retrogrades, I've just been kind of like pulled back. I've been doing a lot of reevaluating how I want to move forward. Um, And I think there's going to be a lot. I mean, I've always been focused on deconditioning, but I have a lot of ideas of like really honing in on the deconditioning and like support tools for that so so yeah i think that's it yeah amazing i love it so much um yeah so again guys uh i really encourage you to go to her website and and especially sign up for the newsletter it's free um if you feel called to you can also uh, add to the tip jar just as a nice thank you um i feel like that's a nice accessible way for people who aren't yet ready to uh or able to make an investment in themselves of that kind. Um, but if you are ready to, I think the readings are such an amazing way. Um, and, and also the collective membership. Yeah, as well. Uh, and then the podcast. So, and one thing too, I want to add, I really liked that uh, I've been having a little bit of guilt with having a new podcast of not being consistent, even though, because you hear you should be, but like you said, shooting all over yourself, mm-hmm. it's not good. And following your joy as a, as a manifesting generator or as a generator is so important. And it's, I just wanted to say uh, it's given me some solace to be like, you know what, I I can only come and produce great things when I feel like it. And if I push myself to do things when I don't feel like it, it's not going to be very good. So thanks for also giving me that encouragement. You didn't know that, but I want to let you know that now. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.